Aloha and welcome to this special edition of Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. This is our final episode in this special series of conversations in which we've been journeying with renowned author and teacher Nikki Scully into the shamanic mysteries of ancient Egypt. Today, Nikki will be talking about the Egyptian god Thoth, the sacred holy scribe and architect of wisdom. Thoth is the Egyptian god of illumination and enlightened communication. Conversations is sponsored by HealthMasterySystems.com, holistic products for body, mind, and soul, and PurePlanEssentials.com, organic aromatherapy. Please visit these websites today. Be sure to visit the iTunes store and subscribe for the complete lineup of shows on Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Nikki Scully has been teaching healing, shamanic arts, and the Egyptian mysteries since 1983. In the late 1980s, Nikki founded Shamanic Journeys and is internationally recognized as the foremost leader and guide for spiritual tourism in Egypt. Nikki is the author of the Anubis Oracle, A Journey into the Shamanic Mysteries of Egypt, book and card deck, and co-author of Shamanic Mysteries of Egypt, Awakening the Healing Power of the Heart. Nikki's audio course, Becoming an Oracle, has just been released by Sounds True. To learn more and register for our upcoming Shamanic Tour in Egypt, led by Nikki Scully this November 6-21, to 2009, please visit shamanicjourneys.com. That's shamanicjourneys.com. Or call 1-800-937-2991. That's 1-800-937-2991. Please welcome to the show my very special guest, Nikki Scully. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Thank you so much, KG. It's good to have you here for our last show on this shamanic mystery tour. Good to be here. We've had a good run. <laughs> yes, it has been good. <laughs> I've, been, I've, been, I've enjoyed my talks with yes, you. Yes, and I you. know a lot of people have. I've gotten lots of feedback. Tell us about Thoth. In your book, Shamanic Mysteries of <coughs> Egypt, you introduced Thoth as the mastermind, the magician. Who is Thoth, and how does he most often appear to the initiate? Well, Thoth to the ancient Egyptians was the highest concept of mind. Mm. And so he he's almost like the intel, uh, an intelligent force behind the pantheon in a sense although he's part of the pantheon he's the one that is the mediator of the gods the one that comes in when there's problems Mm -hmm. to find and offer solutions Um, so he's looked up to even by the pantheon as the wisdom keeper and guide he's also god of the moon and he's also the scribe the sacred scribe or the patron of scribes who is venerated by by all those who learned to write in ancient Egypt that kept the records and uh, knew how to read and write the hieroglyphs because it said that he brought that enlightened form of communication to that civilization. It's also said that he has written the great wisdom books uh, that it's through his um, how would you put it? It's not exactly like he's a muse, mm-hmm. but I know, for example, that it is he, he or that principle of wisdom is behind all my writings and all my teachings. And mm, for example, when it was time to write alchemical healing. I knew it was time to write it and that I had 
all the information within me to write it because I hadn't kept notes in the 22 years up to that point uh, while I was doing the research. And he, in vision, dropped a a scroll in through my crown chakra. Yes. And I knew the book was there, and all I had to do was sit down and write it. And at that point, that's exactly how it was. So uh, I interact with him quite frequently for guidance um, and direction. Mm -hmm. And I would say that, yes, he is the architect of the major wisdom teachings, especially of the Western magical traditions. Okay. So how does thought uh, usually appear to the initiate? Well, that depends on the initiate and what he's trying to say. Uh-huh. You so he takes many different forms. Well, as the highest, as this concept of mind, I mean, the mind is our trickster in a sense. Mm-hmm. And so he is a shapeshifter and will come in whatever form that is appropriate for the person that's tuning in. Now, most commonly, he appears as an ibis-headed man figure, and or as an ibis, or the sacred crested ibis, as he shows up as the Akbird in uh, as the air element in Shemot, or in the Anubis oracle, <coughs> and in Shamanic mysteries of Egypt. However, he's also um, commonly seen as a baboon, and sometimes, as he is on the cover of of Shemite Mysteries of Egypt, as a serpent. Mm -hmm. The trick when dealing with Thoth or any of the pantheon or even um, animal totem spirit guides or plant spirit medicines is learning the signature. Mm -hmm. Because once you know the signature of Thoth, Mm -hmm. once you have made that relationship and developed it to um, the level where you can distinguish his unique signature, then you can never be fooled. Mm -hmm. You will always know when it's thought. Right. It's a vibration, that signature. It's a sort of a... Well, to some people it's a vibration. it, It is an energetic signature. Yes, yes. That... Like a template. That is unique to him, mm-hmm. and yes. you know, I my first book was Power Animal Meditations, mm-hmm. and Bear is coming to mind because Bear is is uh, ubiquitous as a guide and a healing ally, and it, it's that is a unique and different signature. So even if I can't see the bear, I know when the bear is there. Mm-hmm because of that signature. Yes. So tell us something about your relationship with Thoth. When and how did you first meet? I first... I knew who Thoth was because I'd been going to Egypt since 1978 and he's, you know, quite uh, an important figure in that pantheon. But I didn't connect with him directly until my teacher, Nadia Eagles, was giving me transmission to teach the advanced levels of her Egyptian Huna work. 
and that was in the early or mid 80s and as part of the transmissions I was taken before a council of the Egyptian pantheon and one of that council was going to step forward and be henceforth my mentor yeah. and I was very nervous because I'm not a seer I don't see like most of the people that I teach and I was nervous that I wouldn't be able to know who it was mm-hmm. but that day I was able to see and what I saw was a belt buckle right at eye level and then I slowly looked up and there was this towering figure and the beak coming out over me high above me wow unmistakable and I knew it was thought yes but he there was no parody there was no way for us to communicate until I could see myself in more equal terms so I could raise myself to stand and see eye to eye and it I was so intimidated that it was about a year later, with the help of a friend who was a seer that was say, that you know kind of let me know that this big ibis figure was there and waiting for me to acknowledge his presence and start interacting. And so I I pulled myself together and and from that point forward, we've had this incredibly wonderful intimate relationship where I have learned an exquisite trust in the magic. Mm -hmm. So that even though I have my up times and my down times and my in times and my out times, um, I can always be brought back by remembering that um, I am guided, I am... uh, touched with the magic of that relationship and I can um, know that regardless of what this earth walk appears like I am held in the um, wisdom Mm -hmm. of this great Mm -hmm. principle Mm -hmm. that is so wonderful that is that you know, every, I I would wish that for everyone to have and that experience. And the love. Yes. I mean, I have, although though that's kind of the hardest thing to get through the veils mm-hmm. is emotion mm-hmm. because we don't really think of these principles in terms of emotional beings. Mm-hmm. But I have felt love from Thoth that is beyond earthly. Yes. And it's consistent and dependable. Yes. That is the thing with the, I think, with the pantheon of the gods or those, you know, higher principles, the archetypes, when you connect with them as living in energies. And certainly it's it's that way in my life. I feel like I'm part of an energetic family mm-hmm. that yes. is growing and developing even as you and I are growing and developing. It's not a static situation. Yes. Oh, that's so wonderful, Nikki. I just really feel that. That's wonderful. So what is truly meant by the adage, speaking with a forked tongue, Nikki? (laughs) 
okay, I'm going to have to pull myself back into that teaching. Um, I well, what comes to mind isn't the uh, what it says in the book. It's more of a, a shape shifting of voices, mm-hmm. the capacity to speak from many perspectives. Yes. And um, Thoth, it's, it's said that he was the um, the one who brought language and communication and writing to the human condition and I there's an old legend about Thoth that I read in the original translation that I found in the early 70s of um, the Emerald Tablets mm-hmm. the one that was translated by Doriel in the beginning of that in the introduction it spoke of Thoth as an Atlantean as one of his, they call him uh, Hermes Trismegistus, mm-hmm. the thrice great born, because I think he's said to have incarnated to come onto this planet at three times. I don't know if things are different now, but it seems as though he is coming through as so many teachers and has so many lines going on at this time on the planet mm-hmm. that, you know, he's the multi-great born as far as I'm concerned. But in this particular story, he was supposed to have been the son, have come in as the son of the ruler of Atlantis at the time when the calamity happened, mm-hmm. the, the great flood there, um, the inundation that drown that civilization and apparently as a seeker of wisdom and as the being that he is he could see it coming and prepared uh, and was one of those who by his magic arced on the or on the arc of his magic uh, found his way to Egypt what's interesting about that and civilized what was uh, very quickly what I wouldn't say it was barbarian before but it it was very different it, it um, the Egyptologists even say that the high civilization of Egypt with its art and its language and its hieroglyphs came in all of a sudden it wasn't something that just slowly grew into being. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it just happened. It was just there. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that when that happened, there were a number of lineages of that wisdom that went through time and space and came up at different places on the planet. Mm-hmm. For example, Quetzalcoatl, the feathered serpent, is also very 
closely related, if not the same energy as the principles of of thought. Um, So, I think that thought, getting back to your original question, appears on the planet in various uh, images and stories and ways that that stream of wisdom comes through. And then, for me, he's always played with me with a great deal of humor by appearing as the need of the moment calls for in a way that instructs me or guides me in what I need to know and to be doing. Mm -hmm. And there's times when he'll show up with a pointer and a chalkboard and be very much in the teacher mode. And there's other times when he'll come through in feelings and in other ways of expressing himself. Like he came forth today for you as that glowing golden light. Yeah, another Im- image that has strongly come is the is the is a wheel, a karmic wheel, and I just see this face on this wheel. And you were talking earlier about um, there was the something difference. you said. There was something you said that it was like it, it just so spoke to me when you said it. Um, this like whole the thing. spokes of the wheel, the threads of the wisdom. Yes, and being able to go with things and trust mm. implicitly, and that it's going to be up and down. and the whole idea is that I learn to totally focus and trust in the guidance and and my way through. And it's you know it's like going through an obstacle course or something, and to surrender <laughs> my or own a will treasure or hunt <laughs> or a treasure hunt. Yes. And Yes, surrendering and maintaining your sense of discrimination Mm -hmm. so that you can distinguish the appropriate signature. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That seems to be really what's happening right now, is is that what you just said about being able to distinguish that discernment. Mm -hmm. That's true for all of us on the planet right now. That's one of the main uh, things that we have to develop in ourselves is that capacity for discrimination mm-hmm. without projection you know being able to get beyond the appearance of how something is looking mm, the symbolic good point. at work excellent point mm-hmm. so uh, what, when in Egypt we will be receiving thus empowerment at the beautiful island temple of Isis at Philae what is the purpose of this empowerment Nikki well if we do that empowerment. Now, there's a good likelihood that we will at that place and at that time, but the the Egyptian mysteries are very fluid. Yes. And what we have been blessed to uh, receive the illumination of the third eye at sitting overlooking the lake... Um, at the edge of the Ptolemaic chapel 
at the Temple of Isis at Philae and watch the sunrise. Mm -hmm. And during the rising of the sun is when the illumination penetrates the third eye and then is brought down to the heart so that he can take his place uh, in the seat of power in our hearts so that uh, we've all we it's our third eye that we use to perceive in the imaginal realms and yet there has been a tendency to overlook the connection between the third eye and the heart and it seems to be a very important movement these last few years to allow that connection to move from the third eye to the heart so that our wisdom is sourced at the very center of our being Mm -hmm. and then projected through the third eye Mm -hmm. and uh, the the are you following me? Yes, so you're saying like vision our visions are uh, uh, supported and seated in the heart, is that they're seated in the heart, but the the third eye is the functional chakra the that focus. allows us to uh, take that heart wisdom and uh, project the images or receive the images. Yes. Yes. So it's the joining of the heart and the mind. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So, so did you want to do a little Yeah, could you guide us in that? a meditation for the third eye, the sixth chakra energy center, gateway to higher consciousness? All right, let's start. Um, let's start with a hard breath. Hmm. Uh, so look within... If everyone would just pause and ground and center for a moment and look within and and find that eternal flame of your being that dwells in the sanctuary of your heart. And as you bring it into focus, feed it with love. Pour love upon your flame. Feel it intensify, expand, brighten, and add your breath. Breathing simultaneously from the heart of the earth and the heart of the cosmos, drawing the breath up through the layers of the earth and up through your spine to your heart while you're drawing it down from the stars, down from our source in the center of the universe through your crown chakra letting the breath of earth and sky mingle with the love that you're putting on your heart flame and then exhaling that out in every direction as you breathe a couple of breaths that way The radiant light fills your being 
and begins to radiate out from you. In the glow of that internal light coming from the heart of your being, your heart flame, within the glow of that light as it brightens with each breath, you'll find yourself at the Temple of Isis, seated on the ledge overlooking the water. In the early morning dawn light brightening to the east. And as it gets brighter in the clouds on either side are tinged with rose and orange. Straight ahead from your vision as you're facing due east. The first ray of the rising sun shines forth like a beam and enters your third eye. As the sun continues to rise, you can look at the burning ball of fire that's rising and as the beam reaches all the way in, ignites your third eye. And by the time the glow of the sun, the sun has come up and is fully before you, you'll feel the light connect from your pituitary and pineal glands. It's like it gets reflected down and it beams down right into your heart center. And you feel the connection between your third eye and your heart as that reflected ray of light. Now close your eyes and simply focus on your heart and in that glow in the heart of your heart flame Thoth emerges in whatever form he wishes to express to you. Give thanks for this recognition of the wisdom of your heart and in your heart and receive a message whatever message thought has for you at this time
when whatever transmission Thoth gives to you is complete for this moment offer your deep gratitude and know that Thoth can forever be accessed by you in the glowing flame of your own heart center simply you have but to simply breathe the heart breath and invoke his name Thoth Jehudi in whatever whatever way you know or call to him now ground and center take a couple of heart breaths this time with the intention of grounding back into wherever you are listening to this ground and center in your physical form and know that the wisdom of thought dwells within when you're fully grounded and centered open your eyes that was absolutely wonderful thank you so much for sharing that Nikki it's my pleasure you're such a wonderful teacher oh thank you KG I have a very wonderful teacher in thought I am so grateful every day for that relationship and thank you for this opportunity to do what I love to do the very, very most, which is share that connection with everyone mm-hmm. that I can. Mm-hmm. And helping us build our own inner connection with That's us. That's right. <laughs> so that is very, very it's, much appreciated. All, so thank you. You're welcome. Well, do you have anything more you'd like to share before we close this, our last episode? Oh, I just think this was a wonderful way to complete our work together. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just wish to take a moment to acknowledge Isis and give thanks for her beautiful, beautiful island temple Mm -hmm. at Philae. And, uh, you know, I think we... So we're starting and completing with ISIS in this series. <laughs> and thank you so much for having me, KG. Oh, you're most welcome. It's been my own divine pleasure, believe me. So I, I so look forward sharing Egypt with you this November and hope that uh, some of our listeners can join us. Yes, deepen in these mysteries of who we who we are help to channel that into our wonderful, wonderful world that we've been gifted with. 
to learn more and register for our upcoming shamanic tour in Egypt, led by Nikki Scully this November 6 to 21, 2009, please visit shamanicjourneys.com. That's shamanicjourneys.com or call 1-800-937-2991. That's 1-800-937-2991. Have a beautiful day, everyone. A warm mahalo. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again, Nikki. It's been such an honor and delight to journey with you into the shamanic mysteries of ancient Egypt. Thank you, KG.